Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 38 of Intuitive Bites Podcast. I took a somewhat unplanned two-week hiatus uh, because I was away for my brother's wedding. Um, he just got married in California this past weekend. So that was lots of fun. Um, so yeah, I just kind of took a step back from putting episodes out. But the one that I have for you this week is awesome. I'm chatting with Molly Bear, who you may know from Instagram as Molly B Counseling. Her content is always spot on. Um, she's a licensed mental health counselor and the topic we're talking about is this idea about the relationship between binging and restriction. Um, Molly had a post recently, which basically said, uh, we often think we have a problem with binge eating when the issue is actually the restriction of food. Um, I posted recently about this as well after talking with Molly um, about this topic and got a ton of pushback, um, understandably, because it's really, really hard to make that connection between binging uh, and restricting when you think that you just have a problem with being out of control with food and you you know, sometimes it's hard to make that connection that like, oh, maybe there's this restriction or deprivation that's present that's driving this binging. Um, and we talk a lot about that whole cycle and kind of the pendulum swinging back and forth between binging and restricting. Um, so I think you guys are going to really enjoy this conversation. Um, I'm going to link to some other places you can find Molly, but the best place to find her is on her Instagram, like I said, Molly B Counseling. Um, so check this episode out and I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, Molly, so we're good to go. I'm super excited to chat with you about this topic that we have today. But before we dive in, please you know, introduce yourself and just let us know, you know what you do and what your work really surrounds. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm Molly Barr, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I have a private practice, but I'm actually uh, in the process of moving. So Mm -hmm. I will be moving states, actually technically countries. (laughs) Where are you moving? Um, We are moving to Florida. Oh. Yeah. So very exciting. Um, And... So for right now, you can just find me on Instagram at Molly B. Counseling. Awesome. Cool. I'm sure people will recognize that name. I love the content that you put out there. It's so awesome. Um, so I actually pulled, you know, the topic that we're going to talk about today from one of your recent posts. So I'm just going to read that and then get kind of your initial thoughts on it and what, um, you know, drove you to write it. So the post was said, we often think we have a problem with binge eating when the issue is actually the restriction of food. Um, So yeah, I feel like that is a powerful statement in and of itself, but maybe give some of your thoughts on that. I have a lot of thoughts about this. (laughs) Yeah. I see this a lot and I'm sure you do too. And so for, well, I think there's a lot of reasons why this happens, but 
we'll have clients come in or friends or whoever, and they'll say, Oh, I just, I can't stop binge eating or my problem is binge eating. I just, I can't find the right diet or like the, the right skills or, or whatever it might be to stop binge eating. And they have no clue that it's probably the restriction of food that's causing this to happen. Mm-hmm. Is that, you see that too? What's that? Can you see that too? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that the most ironic part of this conversation is that people's diet culture's most common response or people's most common response to quote unquote binge eating is, well, you need to stop binge eating and you need to restrict and like avoid the foods that are quote unquote causing you to binge eat. So it's literally like the solution that diet culture has is more restriction, you know? Right. And they're putting the blame on the person. Yes. They're just not dedicated enough. Mm-hmm. Not doing it. Um, you must be doing something wrong. So they start to think, oh, well, I guess I am doing something wrong. I need to try something else. I need to uh, work harder. I need to restrict more. Maybe I just shouldn't even have that food in the house. Or maybe I shouldn't even go out to eat anymore. When yeah. really, the best predictor of binge eating is restricting. And so we're starting yeah. the school cycle all over again by... Uh, restricting that food even more. Yeah. It's so, I don't know. I find it fascinating. And again, just like so ironic that we feel the need, like, and it makes so much sense, right? Like we're, we're afraid of our actions or afraid of our behavior around food. And we've been sold these messages that like the food's the problem. And if we can control that well enough, then we'll be better. And, and again, if like you said, if we can have enough willpower to control it, um, but <laughs> it's just that it's leading you in absolutely the, the worst direction possible um, to make you think that you need to, you know, in, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, just like really willpower your way through trying to restrict further. So then, so I guess then the obvious next question is like, if the answer is not restricting, um, then what is the answer? Like, what are some ways that people can start to unpack, you know, why they're having this behavior around food? Well, I think it's important to know that the, by intentionally trying to lose weight or by cutting out foods, um, certain food groups, some people say, I'm not going to eat sugars or carbs mm-hmm. or whatever, that, that that is causing it so that we need to give ourselves full permission to eat all foods. But that mm-hmm. also means we're going to have to learn to accept our bodies as they are and let weight kind of like settle wherever it does. And that is a real, that's like a twofold, very difficult process to go through. Mm-hmm. But I, um, intuitive eating is the way to go with this. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this conversation of, you know, full permission to eat all foods is, um, a really, really hard one for a lot of people to want to really come to terms with. It's like one part of them is like, wow, like really, like I can, I can eat things that are satisfying and awesome and like choose things based on satisfaction that sound good to me. And, um, I'll have them as much as I want. Um, and you know what? having this conversation, I'm thinking about the fact that, again, like a really tricky part of this process is that people are afraid to allow full permission because they don't trust their bodies. And they believe that they're going to go on this crazy, crazy binge streak or whatever. And like, the the difficult part is that that might happen. Like when you first start allowing full permission to all the for all these foods that you 
restricted for so long or had these really tough emotions around, you might have that phase where you're eating lots and lots and lots of them. And I think a lot of people stop there and say, see, I can't trust myself. Like this is what I'm going to do if I allow myself full permission. Um, but the, the thing is that if you keep allowing that permission and you get through that, that chaotic phase, that on the other side of that is where the food freedom really starts to, to feel good and, and get to a place where, um, you know, you will start to trust yourself. Absolutely. It's a normal and healthy reaction. And it's not your fault that that pendulum is swinging in the other direction. And eventually you will get to a place of, um, I hate using the word normal, but more like normalized eating, feeling like you're either, you know, restricting or you're binging. It just takes some time. It's that habituation phase where um, after repeatedly eating consistently for one, but also you know, giving yourself permission to have all foods and not having judgments of food, then it's eventually going to normalize. And I think some people have, it's hard to trust that that'll happen because in between each diet, there was this chaotic eating. And so you have all these instances that like, see, I just, I can't, this is what happens to me. There's something strange about me that I just can't do this, but really we just haven't done it long enough. It's kind of that diet mentality of like, you know, these like 12 week challenges or whatever, like, well, I've been doing this for 12 weeks. How come it's not working? Mm -hmm. How long have you been restricting food? Think of how long you've been in the diet mentality from a lot of people. It's not just, you know, you know, you can count on your hand. It's like, you can count on both hands, both feet. You know, this is going to take some time. It's not going to, be 12 weeks and you figured this out. Exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, and then I guess we could even just briefly touch on this internalized fat phobia. It needs to be addressed. We wouldn't be upset about overeating or eating past yeah. comfortable fullness if we weren't afraid of gaining weight. So that's something I think everybody has to address no matter what size they're at. Yeah. And you bring up a point that I, I was going to ask you at some point, you know, how does diet culture demonize like what is the way that diet culture demonizes binge eating and it's exactly that right like if we're like the reason that binge eating is like this like taboo like oh my god you got to fix it like stop doing it immediately blah 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 blah, is because this you know fear of fatness this fat phobia that exists um really drives us to like think of binge eating as this like absolutely awful thing rather than thinking of binge eating as a symptom of possibly restriction or something else going on. Right. And our body is just trying to protect us from the next famine. Our body is doing exactly what it's designed to do. It's actually amazing. Mm-hmm. We can celebrate that. Oh, my body is working exactly how it's supposed to. Yeah. My body's protecting me from like, like you said, famine or starvation or just something that it feels threatened by. Like that is your body doing its job. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And, you know, I was thinking about when you were talking about the pendulum, and I don't know, I I assume people have probably heard us talk about these things before, but, um, you know, it's the pendulum, the diet pendulum, or I don't know what you want to call it, but is this kind of like swinging back and forth of one side you're, when you restrict, like eventually that pendulum is going to have to swing to the other extreme, which is like overeating, binging, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I think it's so interesting because I think people view this whole cycle as like, you know, from the lens of if I don't control my intake, then I will binge. Like this is what happens. If I don't control and restrict, then I binge. But the reality is it's because I'm restricting 
I am binging or overeating. Like it's, it's not, I have to control my behavior or that. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm being repetitive, but I feel like that's a really important point. It is. And I think we do have to repeat it several times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For it to click, I I just remember the first time I learned about that and my head about blew right off my body. I just, I couldn't believe it. It just, I never thought about it that way. So if I can scream this from the rooftops, I will. And I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's not you. That's not the problem. It's the restricting. And then I think another, another pendulum that I like to think about is that, um, Actually, it's more of the hunger and fullness scale. And that's something else that can, I mean, we're kind of dancing around this topic anyway, but that, you know, on a scale of one to 10, you know, where am I at um, with one being I am famished and then 10 is like, I am stuffed, like I can hardly move. If we can start eating more consistently and mm, generally speaking, you know, aiming between a, what, a three and a seven, and I, saying it like that because this is not a black and white rule. Yes. But if we can, you know, what we tend to do, if we're waiting until we are at a one or a two to eat, then we're so much more likely to end up at a nine and a 10. But yes. eating, when we're starting to get that, you know, subtle, those subtle hunger cues, you know, to four, more like a three, then we're probably going to end up more at a comfortable fullness of like seven. So that's another way to think about this pendulum, um, trying to eat more consistently and when our body needs to, um, not necessarily to prevent eating past comfortable fullness, but since we're talking about binging and restricting, you know, trying to tighten up that pendulum a little bit more. Yes, exactly. I think that's so helpful. And I think that um, something that I've seen a lot is people, you know, blaming themselves, like when they eat past fullness or something like that. And a conversation a lot of times that I've had is exactly what we're talking about. It's like, well, are you waiting to eat or like getting busy and doing a million other things and then realizing you're like starving, 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 like at that one or two or whatever on the hunger fullness scale. Like if you're waiting till that point, like there's, of course you're going to eat past fullness. So that is, again, it's your body's natural reaction to being deprived and feeling like it wasn't meeting, getting its needs met. So it's instead of being like, I need to control my eating and I need to like be more careful while I'm eating and slow down more. Like, no, like if you're waiting till that like one or two place on your hunger scale, then like trying to limit yourself is just, it's just going to create more chaos and it's going to feel really uncomfortable. So the answer is not like, let me control myself more and like, make sure I don't eat past fullness. It's like, let me make sure that I'm eating in a more comfortable, or like I'm starting eating in a more comfortable place of fullness so I can naturally end up in that comfortable. Did I say that backwards? Comfortable place of hunger. So I can end up in a comfortable place of fullness. You described exactly the two key pieces that I think is important on this food freedom adventure and that's curiosity and compassion so each eating experience that's all just information don't judge that it's only information and we're really just gathering data so try Mm -hmm. not to judge it and so just get curious with it what happened there how come I ended up at like an eight or a nine or a ten 
So you get curious with it and then you realize, oh, well, I didn't, you know, I kind of, I got busy, the day got away from me, I didn't eat often enough. And so I waited till I was at a one and then you give yourself compassion and it's like, oh, of course that happened. Yes. That happened. I'm a, I'm a human being and that's what happens when we wait too long to eat. We don't stop and take care of ourselves. That happens and it's okay. Yeah, I love that. And I think that this lens of curiosity allows us to learn so much more. Whereas when we stop at judgment and shame and like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Oh my God, I'm so bad. It totally blocks us off from learning, you know, and being able to grow and and figure out what feels best for us. Oh, that's a good point. And that sounds a lot like diet culture kind of taught us that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. To keep us, to keep us trapped and keep us coming back, you know, yeah, blame and shame game. And we're really trying to get out of that. And that's hard to do because a lot of us didn't learn that we didn't have someone in our lives when we were growing up that gave us a lot of compassion and kindness or they, you know, they, they may have, but, um, you know, they, they tried their best, but a lot of us didn't have that. So we don't know what an, an example of, you know, be compassionate with ourselves looks like. Though a lot of, you know, most of us are really good at giving compassion to other people. Mm-hmm. So it's in there. It's not like we can't do it. We're just not used to giving it to ourselves. Yeah. So true. So true. I think we could all benefit from trying to, you know, channel a little bit more self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, um, what different types of restriction may contribute to somebody, you know, overeating? Do you have any thoughts on that? The types as in, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is intentionally trying to lose weight. Is that the Mm -hmm. kind of example you're looking for? Yeah. If you're intentionally trying to lose weight, hoping your body changes uh, with intuitive eating and you know what? That's normal. It's okay to have that thought. You don't have to act on it. I think that that's a really hard thought to completely, you know, like delete from the hard drive, mm-hmm. but that intentionally trying to lose weight. If you're cutting out certain food groups for non-medical reasons, you just have heard on social media, your favorite, like Fitspiration on there mm-hmm. saying, oh, sugars are bad or whatever, <laughs> whatever it might be. I don't want to give too many examples, but right. I'm <laughs> anytime we're cutting out foods and it's not medically necessary, those are, I mean, those are going to be those clues that that will probably end up in a binge on that particular food. Yeah. And you know, I guess what I'm thinking about too, as you're talking is like, you know, there's different ways that restriction happens. And I think that I've had a lot of people reach out to me, you know, through Instagram and say like, well, I don't restrict, I've never restricted my food. I've never like explicitly dieted. So why am I overeating? And I think that there can be a lot of reasons for that. But like you just said, like, if you're restricting a certain food group or certain like type of food, like even if it is sugary things, like you don't necessarily have to be deprived of um, nutrients or deprived of energy in the form of calories to experience this restrictive feeling or this feeling of deprivation. Like you could be eating plenty of calories, but you still like, just because you have these, these mental, you know, blockages or these mental thoughts of like, I'm not allowed to eat sugary things because that's bad. That alone is restriction enough to fuel this binging. That's a great point. So it's the 
oh, I can't think of the word to use for it. It's like when you're on a diet, but you don't realize it. It's so a, a clue would be if you're feeling guilt or shame over something that there might be a food rule there. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll see people, oh, you can have that food in moderation. Well, yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of on a diet there and that could potentially lead to a binge. So if yes. there's any kind of rules about, you know, how, how much you can eat, how often, what time, any kind of food rules, um, just pay attention to if you're feeling guilty about something, dig into that. That might be a clue. Yeah, for sure. And what this conversation always reminds me of is like this concept of like scarcity mentality and scarcity mentality can happen with someone who's dieting long-term or can happen with somebody who's, you know, grew up in kind of a food desert or like had, I can't think of exactly the word, but like, you know, had inconsistent food available. Um, but scarcity mentality can also happen. Like the example you used with moderation, like if you're saying, well, yes, you can eat insert food here, um, but only have it in moderation. Otherwise that's bad just like that literally creates this form of scarcity where it's like, there's a limit to the amount I'm supposed to have. I can have, therefore it's never enough, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, whereas like moderation, like there's nothing wrong with like the term moderation in general, but I think the way that diet culture uses it is in this restrictive way. And it really does like tap on that, like scarcity mentality. That was something I experienced while, so we were, or we've been living in Haiti this last year and they don't have fast food. They don't have um, like drive-thrus, which is, I don't have any judgment about it. I I mean, I like a good fast food, but Mm -hmm. I noticed that because that was not available, I really wanted it. Interesting. Yes. That's all that's thinking about Taco Bell. I can't wait to come back. (laughs) And so it doesn't even have to be, um, you're purposely restricting that food, mm-hmm. just um, a lack of it, or yeah, like the food deserts, it's completely out of your control. Right. Ends up being something like you, that you really want because as humans, we want what we can't have. Yes. And I think as as somebody in this space who's listening to this podcast, you know, if you have restricted in the past and you have, you know, um, been deprived of food in the past in all of these different ways or whatever, I think you're more susceptible to feel that scarcity when like you're talking about, like you're in a place where it's literally not available. And like, that's kind of coming up for you. Like, I feel like if we've had deprivation in the past, we're almost like more sensitive to it. Um, so that can, so it's just something to be aware of and, and yeah, also totally normal. I've also just thinking of other clues. Um, so if we notice that we have eaten past fullness or we're binging on food, all that can mean is it could be a sign that we don't allow ourselves to eat that food often enough. Mm-hmm. And also in order to stop when we've had enough, we need to know we'll be able to eat that food again when we want. So those are other two little clues that I, I try to keep in mind. That's something that you can be aware of. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so helpful. And I, I do find like, you know, people will kind of think that they're allowing themselves full permission to have something. But like when they really dig down and think about like, would you allow yourself to have it if you woke up at 2am and you like really wanted it? Or if like you were up late and wanted it, or if you, it was seven in the morning and you were craving it, like, are you truly allowing that, that full permission? Or is there some lingering, you know, restriction or boundaries to that permission? Um, Because those can really 
impact your behavior around that food too. Agreed. Yeah. So Molly, let me ask you just one last thing. So if someone's listening to this conversation, it's really like hitting home with them. They're like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I couldn't figure out, couldn't figure out before why I've been binge eating and this is making sense. Like what would be like your words to that person right now? If they feel like they're really in that boat where they've been overeating and then they're not entirely sure what to do. Give yourself as much compassion as possible that this Mm -hmm. isn't your fault that this is something that our diet culture has created and you have done everything that you thought you were doing was um, to be healthy, right? We've been told that, you know, go on a diet, lose weight, do these things. And, and so you were doing what you thought was best for you. So give yourself compassion. It's the only information you had, um, you know, you're doing everything you could possibly do. And so now just give yourself some love and some kindness and find your people. You need some support. Find other people who are on this um, food peace journey and, um, and connect with other people. You don't have to go through this alone because you did not learn this stuff alone. You didn't, you know, you had other people who contributed to this diet mentality. So now you need your people to go on this food peace journey with. Yeah, I love that advice. I I can't say enough that how much support is helpful and really just necessary in this process. So thanks for sharing that too. Um, Can you share with people where the best place to find you is? I think you mentioned it at the beginning, but just remind them. Yes, come find me on Instagram. Um, What was it again? It's Molly B Counseling. Yes, awesome. Okay. Yeah, so I'll definitely link people to that. Any other things that you want to mention that you've got going on or any other place anyone can find you? I guess just come check me out there. I am starting to consider going into this virtual space, something I've always been a little scared of, (laughs) (laughs) digital therapy or coaching, um, but it's not quite there yet. So just keep an eye out. Awesome. Cool. I can't wait. Um, Well, thank you again for coming on. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. All right, that is episode 38 of Intuitive Bites. I'm going to link where you can find Molly, but again, best place is really her Instagram, um, which is Molly B Counseling. And I absolutely adore her content. She puts so much effort and energy into all of her posts, and they're just always spot on. So definitely check her out there. Um, yeah, and that's that's about it. So I hope you guys have an awesome week and check back soon for another episode. All right, bye-bye.